Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. We're reading out of the book of Job, chapter 14, verse number 14. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Keep your fork. Now, you don't know what that is talking about, but you'll know for the message is over. Job asked some questions in the Bible. And I want to talk about those two questions. Spend most of my time on this first one. If a man die, shall he live again? We all realize that there's a birth, there's a death. Everybody knows that. Ecclesiastics, the third chapter, verse number one, to everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. No one has ever discovered a cure for death. We have made many advances. Despite of all the advances we have made, even medical science, it is still true that the death rate remains exactly as it's always been, a flat 100%. Everyone will die unless we're still alive when Jesus comes back. Death is no respect of persons. It doesn't matter how well you feel or how you may think, well, I'm in good shape. No one escapes the certainty of death. When you cross over death, there is absolutely no coming back here. Amen. For death is the destiny of every man. Not the final destiny, but it's the destiny of every man. There's a statement that I've made many times in funeral services, and that is we are not given a choice about whether or not we're going to meet death or even when we meet death, only how we meet death. We don't have a choice whether or not we're going to meet it. We don't have a choice no matter when we're going to meet it. The only choice that you and I have is how we're going to meet death. So let's look at that first question. I've read you some scriptures, but so far, the answer hasn't been given. If a man die, shall he live again? The question that plagued his heart still plagues the heart of many today. Is death the end? Have you ever thought about that? Sinners think about that even. I used to think about that before I got saved. Is death the end? What lies beyond the veil of death, if anything. Is there truly life after death? Is there life beyond the grave? Will there be a resurrection of the dead? Will my soul cease to exist when my body dies? When we die, will we be like the animals or we, will we live on somewhere? Who's not asked this question in suspense, in hope, or in fear? It's the cry of Job when he was brought low, 
when he was in despair, when he felt that he was at death's door. If I die, am I going to live again? See, some people think when you die, you just cease to exist. That's the end. But that isn't true according to the Bible. Because the Bible says in Genesis 2, 7, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and man became what? Man became a living soul. That implies an existence after death. So death is not the end of existence. With every birth comes an appointment with death. Hebrews 9, 27 says, As it appointed unto man was to die, and after this the judgment. There's the answer. After death, there's something else. There's a judgment. The Bible testifies and teaches that life continues after the death of the physical body. God created man with a natural, temporal body and an eternal soul. The soul of man consists of who we really are. It's the center of our mind, will, and emotions. The Bible teaches that our life is eternal. We're never going to die. We're living on throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity, both saved and lost. We're going to be alive a million years from right now. Because there's a part of you and there's a part of me that's going to live as long as God does. How long is God going to live? God's going to live forever. And so it is with you and I. But what's going to happen when I die? There's many questions in the Bible. But thank God there's many answers in the Bible. Amen. The Bible answers the question. That life goes on after death. Ecclesiastics 12, 7 Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Let's ask Daniel about this question. Back in Daniel, the 12th chapter and verse number 2, it says, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Now, how's it going to be? Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Let's ask the Apostle Paul. Hey, Apostle Paul there, if a man dies, shall he live again? And the Apostle Paul would answer us in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 52, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump of God, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Amen. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Let's ask Paul again about this subject. If a man die, shall he live again? Acts 24, 15, and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. Thank God forever. There's gonna be a resurrection. Yes, they may take these bodies of ours, and put them in a grave somewhere. But thank God there's going to be a resurrection. Jesus answered this question at the grave of Lazarus when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. 
Jesus answered this question again in St. John the 5th chapter and verse number 25 when he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given the Son to have life in himself and have given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. If a man die, shall he live again? Absolutely. Because there's going to be a resurrection. Who's it going to be? Both of the just and of the unjust. Let's ask Paul again in 2 Corinthians 5.1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. He said there in 2 Corinthians 5.1, we know. In verse number 8 said, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. If a man die, shall he live again? Thank God. Death's not the end for the child of God. Amen. First Thessalonians 4 and verse number 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself, thank God, he's not sending one of the prophets, he's not sending an angel, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Praise God forever. We can comfort one another with these words. When a child of God has left this world, we can look in the casket and say, thank God, we have the opportunity of seeing them again. Amen. One day, whether through death or the end time. We're going to change locations. I think the best move I could make from here would be to heaven. Amen. We're going to a heavenly home that Christ has prepared for all of those who believe on him. And if we're not ready, we're going to go into outer darkness. The child of God simply changes worlds. He goes from one that's temporal to one that's eternal. This world that we live in is darkened by sin, but we go to where there's absolutely no sin, never has been sin, never will be sin. Heaven is a place where nothing can be corrupted. Amen. The Bible says in Matthew 6 and verse number 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. A place of pleasures evermore. Heaven is closely described as an actual place, not a feeling, 
not a state of mind. It's an actual place. Keep your fork. Keep your fork, okay? Pastor received a call from a lady named Martha who was one of the oldest members in the congregation but also one of the most faithful members in the congregation. They set up a time where he could come to her house and talk to her. And when he arrived, he discovered the news that her doctor had told her because of a previously undiagnosed problem, she had approximately six months to live. The pastor expressed his sorrow for her information. But Martha, Sister Martha, reassured him that she had lived a long life. She was ready to go be with the Lord. Martha went on to say, but I do want to talk to you about my funeral. I've been thinking about it, and there's some things that I want. And as the two talked quietly for a long time, they talked about her favorite hymns. She had some hymns in mind that she wanted them to sing at her funeral. And she had some passages of Scripture that had been dear to her heart down through life's journey. And she wanted him to read these Scriptures at her funeral. And when it seemed that they had just covered just about everything, she paused and she looked at the pastor with a twinkle in her eye and added one more thing, preacher. When they bury me, I want them to put my old Bible that I've read all these years in one hand and put a fork in my other hand. And the pastor was sure that he heard right. Put a fork in my other hand. And he said, why would you want to be buried with a fork in your hand? She said, well, I've been thinking a great deal about the dinners I've had down through the years. And one thing sticks in my mind. At those really nice get-togethers, when the meal was almost finished, the hostess would come and take the plate. And I can hear those words now. Sometimes at the best dinners, somebody would lean over and get my plate and say, keep the fork. You can keep your fork. And you know what that means? That means dessert's coming. Not a cup of jello, not a little bowl of pudding. That means some good stuff's on the way. Peach cobbler, apple pie, cherry pie, chocolate cake. Something good's on the way. And she said, that's exactly what I want people to talk about at my funeral. Yeah, they can talk about the good times we had together. That'd be nice. But when they walk by my casket and see that fork, I want them to turn to one another and say, what's she doing with the fork in her hand? That's when I want you to say she kept her fork because the best is yet to come. Yeah. Glory be to God. Yeah. The best 
is yet to come. Just go ahead and keep the fork. Because if you're a child of God, the best is yet to come. I've enjoyed life. I love church. I love camp meeting. I love fellowship meeting. I love the brothers and sisters. I love my family. I love you, Brother Decker. I love this way of living. But the best is yet to come. Be encouraged, child of God. Keep the fork because the best is yet to come. I've been there when some good saints of God was leaving this world and the smile on their face told me there's something better on the other side. Amen. The real good stuff is still waiting on us. Amen. Keep the fork. Amen. Now then, doesn't stop here. I want to turn this around. I've tried to encourage the saints. Come on, there's life out there beyond the grave. But it's just not the saint of God for you, sinner friend. This is not going to be the end. There's another life out there. These same scriptures that gives us hope ought to call the sinner to tremble. Because Daniel said, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting content. Think about that, sinner friend. Some people, thank God, the saints of God, they're going to awake to everlasting life. But those words are fearful. But some to shame and everlasting content. That scripture that gives us hope that I already read in Acts 24, 15, and have hope toward God, which they also themselves allow that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and of the unjust sinner. Friend, think about that. There's not only a resurrection for the just, there's a resurrection for the unjust. There's a time when even denominations preached about the destination of the wicked. But that's no longer a popular subject. But it's still in the Word of God. If you die without God, you're going to live again. John gives us much hope as the people of God when it says in John 5 and verse number 28, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life. Thank God we that have done good unto the resurrection of life. We shall come forth. But it doesn't stop there. In the same scripture he says, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Notice it says we're going to receive what's due us. After you die, friend, you're going to await the judgment. It's appointed. And the man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. Think about this, Matthew 25, 46. These shall go away into everlasting punishment. You'll go away, friend. Oh, how sad. They'll go away into everlasting punishment. You know the wrath of God is burning against you. Your damnation does not slumber. The pit is prepared. The fire's made ready. There's a furnace that's now hot, ready to receive you if you go out of this life unprepared to meet God. 
unconverted men, sinners, backsliders. If you're not saved, you're walking right over the pit of hell on a rotten covering. And there is innumerable places that the covering is too weak to bear you. And there's no way you can tell where the weak places are. Please turn your heart and life over to God before you sink into dark despair. Oh, one of these days, God will ring down the final curtain on history and time will be no more. And you and I will be in eternity. Revelation 20, verse number 8, and I saw the great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. There was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in them, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. And whosoever is not found written in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire. Whosoever, could your name be put there? Is your name in the book of life? Then you can put your name right there where it says whosoever, because that includes you. When you stand before God, there won't be any second chances, no do-overs. Everything's final. You can't appeal. Some people's always looking for loopholes looking for an easy way out. And some people naturally think, hey, all I've got to do is say this prayer, Jesus come into my heart, and boom, I've got a ticket to heaven. You are so deceived. You are so deceived if you think that it works like that. It don't work like that, friend. Except the spirit draw, you can't come. There's one thing you never do. You'll never get saved on your terms. God never has to this day. He never will save anybody on their terms. It's on the terms found in the Word of God. And today is the day of salvation. But don't ever forget the words of the Lord when he said in Matthew 7, 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devil, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now that's the first question. The second question I'll answer hurriedly. Job, he didn't stop with that question. But think about this. We found out the answer to his first question. If a man die, shall he live again? Yes. So that means something's got to be done. So over in the book of Job, chapter 25 and verse number 4, he said, how then can a man be justified with God? Or how can he be clean that's born of a woman? Since... Death's not the end. Since 
we're going to live on somewhere, then how can a sinner be saved? How can somebody that's unclean be made clean? Well, the Bible answers that question. Jesus answered it. In Luke 13, 3, he said, I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. So you got to do that. The time of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. If you're going to be in heaven throughout eternity, you got to repent, and then that's not all. You got to believe. The Philippian jailer said, What must I do to be saved? And the man of God said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. I want to ask you a question, every one of you. Are you following the right path? Come on now. Have you truly come to the place where you've completely surrendered your life to God, truly been born again, living by the Word of God? The person who says no to Jesus in this life, thinking they'll be given another chance in the life to come, is banking on nothing more than wishful thinking. If you think that you're going to have another opportunity out in a millennial or sometime later, then my friend, you are deceived. One day we will die. And unless we have truly repented and truly been born again, been made a new creature in Christ Jesus, then, friend, we're going to the judgment lost without God. The only opportunity we're ever going to have to get right with God is now. There's no second chances after death. You're not ready to live until you're ready to die. We love you. And you're going to be alive a million years from right now. But where are you going to be? That old song says, will you be happy? Will you be singing? While ages roll throughout eternity, I ask this question, where will you be? Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.